0: All right. So hi, this is Madeha, and welcome to AM Clarity. Quick introduction to myself if you haven't listened to our podcast before this. I'm in a W2 management role. I live in California. I have two little toddlers and I am here with my best friend, Annika. And Annika, this is my excuse to speak with you every week. So this is definitely not something as a side gig that I do.
1: I literally
0: do this to spend some time with you, Annika.
1: You know what? When Madeeha flirts with me, it always makes me so happy. Fellow Clarity Seekers, I hope you've been good. I hope you've had the chance to put into place some of those strategies that we've spoken of. And I think we've got an interesting one for you today because I feel like all of you have heard about this and probably have questions about it. But before we go into what we'll talk about, how was your week? My week's been good.
0: I've just been really busy with work, uh, the kids, and then also working in a pharmacy, as you know. And so supervising pharmacies who do the COVID vaccinations. And so again, I encourage everyone, if you're listening, please get the COVID vaccine, whether it's Moderna, whether it's AstraZeneca, whether it's Pfizer, you know, whatever you can get your hands on, let's have everyone immunized, right? A huge immunizer. I feel like this is something that I'm very passionate about. And I hope that everyone gets immunized so we can end this pandemic together.
1: Absolutely. And those are words so many of us need to hear, especially some of the elders in our community, especially in the way from an Indian background, this is from a Bangladeshi background. Research has shown that the uptake of vaccinations within our communities is a lot. So whether there's there's some issues and obstacles that people have with getting those vaccinations. So what we're saying is we understand them, but you're saying it's very, very important that accept those fears, but go and get it done anyway, because the side effects are far and few between and uh, the benefits outweigh all of those. Yes.
0: This is a solution. There's nothing yeah. else. There really yeah. should be nothing else. All right. Well, that got a bit serious, didn't it?
1: It did get a bit serious, and I think it's the reason why is because I've my parents are both vaccinated, but they were very reluctant. They did not want to go for it, so I felt like taking a child, grabbing a child by the hand, and dragging them. So, but they're, they're all sorted now. Second dose all done, so
0: yeah, just really, really, I'm really proud of my mom, really proud of my family for just um, kind of being advocates for vaccines. And there are demographics where. In the Indian community, especially where there is that hesitation, but we have to, if you can, educate our parents, our aunties, our uncles to know that there are huge benefits and this truly is the only solution at this time to help end this terrible pandemic. But in saying that, we're going to be talking about something quite fun, right? This is a really popular one right now. And of course, you know, our podcast is based, you know, we we talk about lots of things. But I would say right now, we're primarily talking about food, nutrition, and how it relates to happiness and how it relates to really good health and living a really good life. So this episode, we're going to be talking about a really popular one, and it's around intermittent fasting. And so, as you know, celebrities are advocating for this now, and probably for a while now. And there are celebrities well-known, like maybe Gwyneth Paltrow, right, with Goop. And people swear by intermittent fasting because they believe it's cured them of various different conditions. And so we think it's a really good topic for our podcast today.
1: Yeah. And also it's currently Ramadan. So there are millions all over the globe who are fasting right this minute. So we think it's very timely to perhaps discuss some of the Deal some of the science behind fasting, some of the perks behind fasting, and some of the not so clear-cut benefits and maybe some downsides of fasting. So, as with anything in the field of nutrition, there's no simple hard and fast rule that will work for everybody. Multiple truths can coexist for different people and even for the same person, depending on the time of their lives. And this is certainly true with intermittent fasting. So, is it beneficial? Yes, it can be. Is it detrimental to health? Yes, it can be. So it's not a simple clear-cut panacea. It really does depend on your unique biological needs and the way you're built and the environment that you're in. And you know, in this podcast, we take into stock the whole person. We want to consider all facets for a 360 degrees approach. So yeah, that's the way we're going to be approaching it.
0: So I guess the first question that we should be asking ourselves is, what is intermittent fasting, right? And so I'm going to give you my my take on intermittent fasting and what I think it is. Okay, but of course, Annika's going to chime in with her expertise because I probably don't know, you know, the facts behind it. So my idea of fasting, so of course, I've had Ramadan my whole life, being Muslim, and it's obviously intentional fasting where the hard rules are this: you know, you have a small meal. And this is normally just before sunrise. And then we end our fast at the end of the day when the sun sets. It also means you can't drink any water. You can't drink or eat anything, right? So that's, I would say, one of the more, for all I know, that seems to be the most strict, the most strictest type of fasting, intimate fasting that I know of. It's fine because, you know, you have that communal feeling of fasting together as a family, and it can also be really fun spiritually very sound a, a good sound decision, right? Intimate fasting in normal daily life. I've done such things, maybe not purposeful, uh, purposefully, but let's say I'm, I've got a hard day of work ahead of me. I drink some black coffee, right? At like six or seven in the morning, I get to work. I'm like on meetings, I'm meeting with different people. And then lunch comes by, I don't have time for lunch because I now have a long commute back home. So I want to make the most of the day that I have. And so I just skip lunch. I'm still drinking liquid without any sugar. And so I'm having water, having lots of lots of water and then having again, a second cup of coffee or like some type of tea, right? Without any type of milk. And then come, what is it? Like I'm at home at this point at like, i start my journey at three, let's say to Mm -hmm. come home. And at 3pm, I'm like, oh, I can get a bite to eat at this time. And that's when you, you know, you make those good choices and I try to make some good choices and I'll pick up, you know, maybe a cheese box or something from my favorite drive through or like I pick up like a fruit box, you know, whatever I can find that's a good choice. And then I come home for dinner. So that's my idea of maybe intermittent fasting. And obviously you eat for quite a while, like through the evening. So you'd eat your dinner as you would normally with the kids. And then you stop eating at a certain point, which would be at like 8 p.m. But I don't think I've been, I would say, that strict about the intermittent fasting. I tend to just do it unintentionally, unpurposefully. but that's my idea of intermittent fasting. Does that sound quite a bit, you know? does that Yeah, sound-
1: I mean, from what you described there, that almost sounds like a five-hour feeding window from 3 p.m. to 8 p.m. and like 19 hours of a fasting window. So that is almost definitely your body would have been in a fasted state if that's what you're doing. There is some arguments on whether a coffee can break a fast in some ways, just because of the caffeine, but i personally not do it for us for as long as that in my day to day life especially with the busy job that you have so it really does depend on how it makes you feel and what you're doing and even if for the same person on a different day and whether you're on the time of the month or what's happening in your life it could have different effects on you but that sounds that sounds about right that's what a fast is and when we're talking about fasting in the literature, it's mainly two types of fasting. There's the alternate day fasting where you choose a couple of days per week and you eat very little amount of calories or nothing at all. And those would be on alternate days. You won't do it on consecutive days or the more common one, which is time-restricted feeding, which is where what you did, which is basically limit your daily eating window. The most popular version of this is a 16 to 8 diet, where you'd have eight hours of eating, 16 hours of fasting. And other variations are different time ratios. So there's 12, 12 as well. So a lot of us intuitively do fast because we go to sleep and that's when we're not eating. And then that's what breakfast is. It's your breaking fast, fast, your breakfast. So that's what we If you're sleeping enough, then you are getting the benefits of intermittent fasting too. But the problem now is we live in a society where we're awake all the time. And as a result, we're eating all the time. So our body doesn't always get the chance to repair and heal during sleep and get the benefits of not having food to process all the time. So what does the research say about the benefits? So there's different things to look at when we talk about fasting and the research. Now, I feel like a lot of people are looking at it from the same lens and that's with weight loss. And a lot of the times with people without medical conditions, when they're doing it, it's for weight loss. But let's talk about some of the other things first. There is some evidence that intermittent fasting might trigger the body to boost cellular repair and recycle those damaged parts of the cell. And this is a process known as autophagy, um, which has also been, depending on how well your autophagy process is in your body, that could improve your longevity in life. It might also reduce inflammation and the number of circulating free radicals, which are molecules that we do not want in the body because they cause uh, all sorts of havoc in the body. However... We don't have enough strong evidence of this occurring in humans because a lot of the research has been done on rats. So not all of it is applicable. It's promising. It's something to look at. But would I, just looking at rat studies alone, apply that to every client no way. Does it seem like there may be some evidence of benefits with regards to autophagy? Yes, but we need to keep an eye on the research. On the similar vein, with healthy autophagy, it could reduce the risk of age-related neurodegenerative diseases such as Alzheimer's disease, just clearing out those toxins and metabolites in the brain simply because your body has the opportunity to focus its efforts on healing as opposed to digesting. And there's also some studies that have been showing some benefit to our metabolism by affecting our gut flora. So those are those bacteria that live inside our gut, the beneficial ones. There's been some evidence that it may improve the balance of our gut flora. But once again, we need a lot more evidence when it comes to humans. So I think from what you're saying, this seems like a positive type of fasting,
0: and that you could lose potentially you can lose a lot of weight, but there is that issue with women, right? So I can tell you from when I've been intermittent fasting, what tends to happen is I get hangry, right? And especially if I'm on my mm-hmm. period, okay, it's just really ugly. I have really bad headaches because obviously there's hormones that are in, that are involved when you have when you have yes. a menstrual cycle yes. for a woman, and so I just I don't particularly advocate for intermittent fasting unless maybe you're like very much overweight, right? Or maybe your lifestyle can fit it in. My lifestyle personally, on a weekday, maybe I can fit in intermittent fasting when I'm not having a period. Mm -hmm. Or what is your take between maybe women and men? It yeah,
1: so in fact, so I felt like I had to give, I was very, very, I felt quite hypersensitive about actually talking about this in the podcast in the first place with intermittent fasting. Because as you know, my approach I, it does not include any sort of regimented prescriptive restrictions. And even though this isn't a caloric restriction or a certain food group restriction, it is a time-based restriction. And I think if you've had a history of any sort of restrictive eating, this could be another form of a trigger. But at the same time, it will be irresponsible of me to not bring up some of the, maybe some of the benefits that have been showing up in the research. And I trust that our listeners are able to just take in the information, but still listen to their unique bodies and make contact with their medical doctors or the dietitians or nutritional therapists, if need be to actually discuss what, what they would like to do if they were to incorporate it. But yes, intermittent fasting, there's been a lot of press about weight loss with it. And yeah, it can help you to lose weight, but why is that? It's not any magical reason it's because generally there's just an the overall reduction in your calories, but like with any other diet, if you stop doing that, what happens? If it's not sustainable, your body is smart and you will regain the weight that you've lost. A lot of the human studies have been performed in men, which have shown that, yes, there's been improved insulin sensitivity, improved pancreatic function, which is important for the way our, we process our blood sugar and also reduced blood pressure. However, this has not been really translating to women so much. And that could be because fasting tends to affect women's hormones a lot more than it affects men. And if your body starts detecting that you're underfed, then it will start slowing down your metabolism to sort of compensate for that. And what tends to happen with women is it can affect your thyroid hormones causing you to feel tired and lethargic it can affect your sex hormones which can affect your fertility and your ovulation it can also affect your sleep so it can actually leave you feeling worse off than when you first began I find that with this with intimate fasting yes you
0: would be consuming less calories but I think the evidence is clear in that with men, they don't have menstrual cycles and they don't have babies. Mm-hmm. And so expecting intermittent fasting to be something that we do year round seems highly unlikely. I don't yeah. know your take on that. I mean, I don't do intermittent fasting. I do it because maybe I'm just time bound. So that's why I'm doing it. If I could pick up a really good lunch, or if I just made some time to maybe meal prep in the mornings, that would probably work better for my body, my
1: lifestyle, overall. Absolutely. Intuitive eating, I would say, is probably the best approach compared to all other approaches. And if your body does not feel right on anything, then you do not, there's this culture of being like, oh, it's the detox effect, or it's okay to be tired. It's okay to miss the period. It's okay to feel like my body's breaking because at least I'm losing weight. And that's never okay you should not be feeling like that. And if your body's speaking to you like that, then it's probably not working for you. And the same with intermittent fasting. Some of the evidence says that early time-restricted feeding, so if you're eating earlier on in the day and then stopping your eating towards the, not having late-night meals, then yeah, there could probably be some benefit to that. But is that just down to intermittent feeding as a whole? It's probably more down to the fact that your needs for energy is higher in the day. And you don't need so much food at dinner time. Whereas a lot of people, when they're doing intermittent fasting, they're skipping breakfast and then they're eating a huge meal at the end of the day, where you actually don't need all of that energy. So then that will end up being stored as fat later on, which is the one thing that people are trying to avoid. So it's very layered. It's very layered, and there's no one clear-cut answer when it comes to intermittent fasting. But I think as two women who are just, you know, we're just
0: Well, I'm podcasting to kind of connect with you, right? But also to bring value to people. We're probably not the best advocates for intermittent fasting.
1: No, I would not recommend it to any of my clients, to be honest at Mm -hmm. first, because there's so much else that you can do before restriction. And this is it. Do not get me wrong. This is a form of restriction. Mm -hmm. It's it's a, a better one compared to some of the others which are avoiding entire food groups and avoiding really drastically reducing your caloric intake maybe because you're still eating you're not placing other restrictions and if it fits in with your day-to-day life and you're feeling good in it then yeah you know if it works for you that's great but the problem is a lot of people tend to massively reduce their caloric intake when they're fasting too and they tend to do it all at once and if you're a woman this can leave you at risk of micronutrient deficiencies And it might make you feel super tired and stop you from practicing other healthy habits, such as adequate movement. You know, some of the other things we spoke about, good sleep, good exercise. So if you're going to bed on a hungry stomach, you know, have you ever tried sleeping on a hungry stomach? It's not nice. Um, And it really does disrupt your sleep and it can actually cause you to wake up, which then that in itself can cause insulin spikes and inflammation and the thing that you're trying to avoid with intermittent fasting so it goes without saying that learning to honor your hunger is more important and getting in touch with your own internal signaling so i'm sorry but fasting is not the panacea that everybody wants it to be there isn't even if it works for everybody around you there's no guarantee that it will work for you and intermittent fasting should not be taken lightly There are so many other things you can do first to ensure you have the building blocks in place before you add the restrictions. Number one, ask yourself, are you sleeping well? Are you managing your stress? Are you eating a nutrient-rich diet? And are you eating satiating meals regularly? Management of your blood sugar is absolutely key. I think a lot of people try to turn to intermittent fasting because they've heard of the metabolic effects of better blood sugar management, better insulin management. But you know, you can actually do that by not eating a whole load of naked carbs at once. Should you avoid it? No. But combining it with some protein, some fiber and balancing it out, then that's going to give you the same benefit. If you did want to try intermittent fasting, then it's better to have your eating window earlier on in the day because your insulin sensitivity is at its best then. And then this tends to taper off towards the night. So narrowing your eating window moderately can help you to gain the benefits without feeling too restrictive. So what I mean by that is maybe adjust your eating window by an hour on each side. So maybe eat your meal, your last meal, one hour earlier. Maybe you eat your first meal one hour later. And then that will give you the benefits of enough time for digestion, and autophagy that we spoke of earlier.
0: So basically for intermittent fasting if you are doing intermittent fasting there needs to be some changes that you would suggest right so you were saying push your or did you mean like when you're having the way that you eat normally without intermittent
1: fasting you would want to reduce the
0: number of hours where you're eating.
1: Yes yeah, so um both actually it's really important that if you are doing intermittent fasting that you are also addressing other parts of your health. Because if you're eating a very nutrient-poor diet and not exercising, feeling tired, but you're intermittent fasting, I can assure you it's not going to do anything for you. But also if you're not doing intermittent fasting, which I believe a lot of people should not be doing, there's so many other things you can do first, which is what I spoke of and what we've spoken about in the previous podcasts, nourishing your bodies well, moving well. And also it's not for everybody. If you're an intensive exerciser, yeah, you can exercise just before you break fast, but a lot of us need more fuel in our tanks when we're exercising. And yeah, you can eat a whole deal of protein when you break fast, but our bodies can only metabolize so much protein for muscle synthesis in small amounts so having it spread over the day is better than just condensing all your meals in that small restricted time period so there's hidden problems and there's downsides it's not the gold standard for weight loss i still believe that incorporating sustainable healthy habits into your life that remains the gold standard for your health and for a lot of people especially if you've had a history of disordered eating and dieting, it can cause undue stress. And then that stress response can increase your cortisol, which then can lead to weight gain anyway. So, I mean, that would suck. Imagine you're eating less, you're, inter- you're an intermittent faster, and you're gaining weight. So, yeah, and it can encourage your body to not build muscle as well, which you do not want if you're uh, exercising. You want and if you're rigid- a woman, And if you're a woman, exactly, Mm -hmm. it's very important to have enough body fat and muscle tissue. Yeah. So ask yourself, why am I fasting? Am I fasting out of a place of self-judgment? Maybe it's a way for you to deepen the connection to yourself, which is for a lot of people in this month of Ramadan, for spiritual vision, connecting to a higher purpose, or is it just to get some abs, which by all means, aesthetic purposes, they're not discouraged, but There isn't enough evidence that this is the way to go about it as per yet.
0: I totally agree with you. The way that I look at it, and it might be a strange way of looking at it, is this, right? If you were the only person on this planet and nobody was watching you, would you consider doing intermittent fasting?
1: That is an excellent way of looking at it. That really, really is because the... Societal commentary and pressures that's placed upon us and for our bodies to be a certain way. We can't escape that narrative. And no matter how much we tell ourselves, sometimes we're doing something for health, a lot of it is what we need to understand is weight loss does not automatically mean health. Sometimes it could be the contrary. So know the facts, know the benefits, and then know your own history and your relationship with food, and then make a decision. It's good to experiment, not too much. and good to consult a professional if you choose to do something that's very different to your routine. I think so.
0: So I can tell you that even just from the few episodes that we've had, I am definitely making better choices. I can tell you that it may not have maybe reduced any of my weight as such, but I feel like I'm going in the right direction. So whereby I feel more I feel more full once I've eaten a meal because let's say for breakfast, I won't just eat, I don't know, a bowl of cereal anymore because it doesn't help me in any way, it doesn't nourish my body in any way. And so yeah. I'm choosing to make healthier options with eggs and vegetables and porridge, even if it feels like this is more calories than than I normally intake in the morning. I'm still doing it because I feel full. And it actually helps me through the morning and then at lunch, you know, make better choices. I think it's about the right choices for your body. And so I am learning a lot and I hope that everybody else is learning a lot that the audience that listens to us, I certainly hope that everybody gains some clarity as to what they should be doing to help nourish their bodies, to take care of their health and ultimately live much happier, more successful lives. And hopefully in the next podcast that we bring out, We'll talk about food, nutrition, answer any questions that anyone may have, but we'll talk about all facets of life so that we can start incorporating more of what we do each day, including anything that you want to hear, but more so around life, health, happiness.
1: Any last thoughts, Anika? I just want to say that it's it's really great what you've been doing, checking into your own inner cues. A lot of the time, what's happened with and it's not our fault. With women, especially, we seek permission for the way we should eat. Can I eat this? Is this too many calories? Am I going to lose weight if I did this? Is this bad for me? You know, these kinds of questions. We become children. We're independent every other way. But when it comes to our diet, we become children. We lose their autonomy. And even though I'm a nutrition professional, I would still encourage every client I work with to check in and find what works for them and really whether they need to journal whether they need to experiment and i'll guide them through it but there is no one size fits all and i think you're discovering that as well um it's really great to see and it sounds counterintuitive at first but a lot of us do need to eat more to get better and to get healthier yeah and really and it starts making you aware of our inner cues, our hunger and our fullness, which is what we want to look for. And mean, we start trusting our bodies more, And once you're at that place, you know, it's a great place to be and health would follow because your body is just happier. And this is not the end. Like, you know, yes, we incorporate a better diet, but you know, we have to
0: incorporate sleep, which is something that I'm still working on, um, but I'm getting much better at, you know, averaging on seven hours of sleep. I think that's good for, yeah. um, Yeah. So for what I do, I feel like seven hours is great. It makes me more productive. And then Of course, exercise. And that's something that's still a work in progress, to be fair. But I truly hope that someone out there has gotten some value from what we've spoken about
1: today. And that was your last thought, right, Annika? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was my last thought. I was just in awe of you and <laughs> <All> you. <laughs> reflecting on that. So, yeah, absolutely. It's been lovely actually just talking things through and actually discussing how things have been impacting you as well in a positive way. So, it'll be great to hear from you guys as well. How have you been getting on with your lives? And if you were fasting, then do share your experiences with it. We're curious people, we love to know. But yeah, this has been Annika. And this has been Medea, over and out. Signing out, bye.